0: STEM Conference presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean, sit down with wealth advisor David Jones. Up first is Corning Incorporated's manager of technical talent pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Next is Career Communication Group's senior technology editor, Lango Dean. Finally, our esteemed guest, David Jones. As a wealth advisor, Jones serves the current and future financial needs of the long-term investor with a specific focus on efficient income planning strategies. The former 2010 Ball State University football team captain and four-year letterman has shifted his passions and dedicated himself to a life of service and giving back. If he isn't back in Muncie, Serving on Ball State's Black Alumni Constituent Society Board, Jones is volunteering in his community or speaking at events across the country. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn and Lango Dean.
1: Thank you so much, Brandon, and welcome again, everyone, to this episode of High Tech Sunday. Such a pleasure to have the opportunity to spend some time with you and certainly with today's guest, David Jones. How are you, Mr. Jones? I am doing well.
2: Definitely excited to be here, and to speak with you, and get to know you, and hopefully provide
1: value to, to, to everyone listening looking very much forward to it and today's conversation is just like all the others one that i believe is such a pivotal and mission critical one for the times that we're in the relationship between blacks and finance so you know we've got a lot of questions but i really enjoy the opportunity to learn a little bit about each of our guests journey so want to take a moment and have you indulge us uh by giving us a bit of your bio so how would you answer the question, who is David Jones? Uh, David Jones is a,
2: for one, he's a God-fearing man. He's a husband, he's a father and he just loves to serve his community in any way that he can. Um, I've taken the liberty of helping folks save their money and helping them grow their capital as efficiently as possible. But
1: um, I'm just a man here to serve and, and give back as much as I can. Thank you so much. And and I try to uh, take away headlines from uh, the different comments that our guests share. A man here to serve. That is such a powerful headline, especially uh, in the day that we are finding ourselves in. We need that so importantly uh, in our society today. When you think about your journey to this point in your career, in your mission, uh, what's your background? How did you get into the field of uh, uh, finance and and uh, helping people with respect to their their personal wealth portfolio establishment how what wh- where'd you grow up and how did all of that come about yeah so i grew up in muncie indiana i was born and
2: raised uh, i grew up in the church god i i uh, i can't you know express you know my my, my background enough uh, but Uh, Definitely worked most of my life. Um, I remember growing up and, you know, every Saturday morning waking up in the back of the dump truck, getting ready to go mow lawns and just work hard and make a good day's uh, living. Um, But, you know, from Muncie, Indiana, definitely a lot of cornfield there in Muncie, uh, is is where we played football. Um, But yeah, went to Ball State University, played football uh, with Ray, and, you know, enjoyed football. I love football, and uh, you know, kind
1: of stumbled onto this career. We'll have to uh, see if we can pull Ray aside and and find out if he has any stories uh, that may not come up in the broadcast, but we'd still want to hear about anyway. <laughs> um, you mentioned that uh, spirituality uh, uh, and your relationship to God. Uh, has been very important to your life even from your youth. Can you say more about that? how has uh, your relationship with God actually informed and influenced the the work that you do and even the path that you've taken?
2: Yes yeah, so my as I mentioned I was born and raised in Monty. Um My father was a pastor. so when I when I mentioned born and raised in the church, you know most of my memories growing up as a kid, was in the church, uh, being around those folks, seeing how you know, one serves his or her community and, and building relationships and helping folks uh, in, the, in a very intricate part of their life. Um, so, yeah,
1: hopefully that answers it for you, Dr. Vaughn. Absolutely, and we'll, we'll loop back to that throughout the conversation. But when you think about uh, how it is that you've had that personal uh, experience, literally, it seems like all your life, um, and then you look at the field of finance. How did that all come about? When did you know that you wanted to have a career in finance? And I guess equally importantly, uh, when did you realize that you wanted to take what you have learned in finance and actually serve people with it? Yeah, so to answer that that first question, which
2: is a very interesting question, um my senior year of football, my my goal in life, Dr. Vaughn, was to play in the NFL. That's all I thought about. And um, my senior year, a good teammate, a good teammate of mine, who's also a friend of mine, was in the was in the industry helping folks, mostly teachers and state employees, retired through the state, um, helping them set up 403b plans and retirement plans through the state. And um, he you know, we've always been close. So he, he pulled me to the side and says, look, if the NFL route doesn't work out for you, I believe you'll do well in this specific career. Um, his uh, values are very similar to mine. So he, um, he believed, as he expressed to me, that the way that I treat people and care for people will really, you know, correlate very well um, to this industry. Um, I've always loved understanding money. Um, as most are aware in the black community, um, the relationship between wealth, wealth creation, stocks, bonds, investing, isn't really talked about uh, as much as it should be. Um, so learning more about it definitely intrigued me. And, 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 I, and I took a very, I just dove right in once I got into the career of really understanding how to help steward folks' lives, um, this intricate part of their lives um, as best as I can.
1: Got it. And so when you think about what we heard shared in the intro and how it is that you even continue, even to this day, uh, remain very active in your community. So it's not just that you are this finance expert who has clients and you're uh, meeting with them and helping them to establish their portfolios and so on, but you're volunteering and active in the community. And we even heard spending a lot of time volunteering with a career communications group at their events. Why is this giving Back and helping others so important to you. It it sounds like it's beyond just a job. It's it's beyond a
2: job, Dr. Vaughn. It's it's, it's who I am. Um, you know, sometimes I ask myself, why do I want to, you know, help out so much, I guess. But you know, you know, in the book of First Peters, um, it does talk about you know God's grace and um you know us serving, us being of service to others and to our communities. Um, and that, that that's really just, um, you know, a part of who I am. I can't, you know, better explain that, but it's very biblical in, 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 in my theology, at least, of of service. Everything in life gives something. Um, and I'm just one of that, you know, I'm, a, I'm of that same mindset of, of giving um, and of service.
1: And so, if we if we continue to pull on that thread a bit, you kind of teed this up a moment ago when you were speaking of communities of color, the Black community in particular, and financial knowledge. Can you kind of give us like a one hundred and one moment? What is the relationship between African Americans, Blacks, communities of color, and finance? Wow, um,
2: I think. For one, you gotta at least go back to you know during the end of the Civil War when when Congress in 19, in 1865 established the Freedmen's Bureau. Um, their their goal, specific goal, was: look, we're gonna have a lot of you know freed slaves and poor individuals in this system. How do we um, how do we best help them in this new system, this new platform that they're gonna be in um, in America? The system is really lending and borrowing, and if you don't understand how money works, how the lending and borrowing pieces of the system work, you're not going to thrive well. It's almost in, in sports or even in even in uh, your own, your own faith or your own religion, um, you may be very talented in, in what you do for a living. You may be very talented in, in what the, the natural gifts and talents that 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 God that you were born with, but if you don't know how to play the game, right? The, the, the likelihood of you succeeding in, in what given sport, what given game, will, will be very unlikely. Um, so it really goes back to understanding the Freeman's Bureau, um, understanding the creation of the Freemans Bank and our relationship between banking, saving, and investing. Um, there's a reason why my grandma still hides money, you know, in behind her TV or inside a wall or something. Why is that, you know? Um, why is it that in the middle income gaps of, of income earners, um, black people are excelling the fastest, but in the wealth divide, it's growing rapidly, meaning we're making a lot more income, right? But we we don't have as much savings. We don't have as much equity. Um, so we're not really a, a part of the growth of this system because we don't really fully, we don't fully understand the rules of the game or the game itself. And I, I think that's a huge disconnect. And um, I As you mentioned, as you asked me before, I got into this career, um, and typically, when you're when you are um, starting your own business, you immediately go to your immediate network, your immediate friends and family members. And um, my immediate my immediate friends and family members were those folks in the church, those folks who who drove the SL five fifty, right? Who you thought had a lot of wealth, right? Um, But when you sit down with them and you go over. Um, how you can bring value to their lives, um, there's a huge disconnect in regards to wealth. One may have $50,000 in, in a 401k, um, but that 401k has a $20,000, $30,000 loan against it, and they, want to, and they want you to help them retire in three years, and they want to travel to Hawaii twice a year, right? Um, so there's a huge disconnect with um, the value of money, understanding money, um, and where that you know, where that learning came from. Um, and historically, every time a black community created wealth, um, that wealth was, was stolen from them, taken from them. You know, you, you can go back um, to um, Greenwood, um, one of the wealthiest communities in, in the country, right, um, was thriving and, um, you know, the government sent in bombs through, you know, for the most part and destroyed that community. Uh, a, a major source of revenue Coming through the 80s and the early 1900s was means of transportation if you own a boat if you own you know a a a route where packages are delivered right um you own commerce you know Um, those routes were taken from us right if you look at the green belt here in america there was a mass exodus from the green belt what's all there now in the atlanta area right Uh, corporations and, and we didn't benefit from that um so just trying to connect the history behind it, um, trying to connect the era of the Reconstruction times, and um, and trying to piece it all together, and understanding the theology and how we behave, how we behave, um, and trying to um, educate folks uh, going forward, understanding the past, but educate us going forward. Long-winded answer. Hopefully
1: that was helpful though. Uh, It's very helpful. And I was getting a little nervous when you started describing that person who wants to retire in three years and travel to Hawaii and all of that. I was like, who told him about me? Uh, But anyway, um, uh, I think that that this is really important information. Uh, So let's just back it up because you started sharing some financial terms that I don't think many of us may necessarily know how to distinguish you mentioned wealth but you also mentioned equity uh, can you can you help us uh, understand the difference between those two wealth is
2: relative for one right I may consider myself wealthy but I'm looking at my family the health of my kids especially now in 2020 I'm valuing you know wealth differently um, but in equity equity is ownership right um, in the system of America what do you own? and is what you own appreciating within time, is at least keeping pace with inflation. inflation is just the cost of goods and services for the most part, uh, a very watered down explanation of it. Um, but how much are things, how much, how much is the cost of things growing um, in the future? And is your assets, your equity that you own is at least keeping pace or outpacing um, you know, that. You know, the, that inflation? Um, wealth is relative you know we, a lot of folks value wealth differently um, but in regards to equity um, it's, it's, it's what you own so if you if you have a house if you have a mortgage and your house is worth a hundred thousand um, but the mortgage is only fifty thousand then that difference that fifty thousand dollar difference of the hundred thousand and fifty is the equity it's your ownership of what you actually own the bank doesn't own it uh, they really own your house but um, there's a lien on the house but um that's your ownership um if you um there's there's things called you know stocks um, or bonds um if you own ownership in something that is considered equity right so hopefully hopefully that
1: explains that for you it does and it kind of touches on um a bit of something else that you said you mentioned that uh as a community people of color uh, again, Blacks, African Americans in particular, I think, uh, are making more income, but there's not, the, the gap between uh, income and wealth or equity uh, is still growing. And so that speaks to maybe uh, savings uh, and what the difference is between savings and investing and is there... One or the other that you advise people to actually focus on. So depending on where
2: one is, depending on where one is at in life will depend on where a lot of your focus should be. Um, saving is you're, you're, you're taking discretionary income and you are storing it in usually a bank or a money market type of instrument to where you know the money is easily accessible. You put a dollar somewhere, it may get you one percent, but theoretically, that dollar is going to be a dollar a year from now. That is savings, right? You're, and you're probably saving for something where you need that that money um, readily available um, without any risk uh, to that dollar that you are putting to the side. Example: um, I'm buy I want to buy a house in three months. I need a 20 percent down deposit for that house. Um, the value of the house is going to be $100,000. I need to save $20,000 over three months, right? Um, I'm putting you know, $10,000 away of cash in the bank, that's considered savings. Um, investing, Dr. Vaughn, is when you're taking your discretionary income, so you make $10,000 a month or $2,000 a month, your expenses are a thousand, that difference of your expenses is discretionary income, what's left over after you paid all your expenses, what are you doing with that thousand dollars you can save it like i just expressed or you can invest it investing is is, is is positioning your savings in a place that is growing for you it's gaining interest okay so it's accumulating uh compounded interest over time compounded interest means um you in layman's terms you you buy something for um, you know ten dollars Um, someone else is buying values that same thing you bought for 10 for $12, right? Someone else values it for 15. Someone else values it at 16. And over time, the value of what you purchase an investment for for 10 is now trading for $20. Okay. That's investing to where you are taking your savings and putting it and buying something with it, purchasing something with it. Um, and it's accumulating over time for you. So in my example, you bought something for $10. And in time, it grew to 20. That is investing, you're buying and positioning your savings in a place that is accumulating for you over time, versus savings, you're bought, you're you're positioning your, your money, your discretionary income in a place
1: to where there's more certainty in that, in the value of it over time. That was great and very helpful. Thank you so much. You mentioned earlier the I don't know if the right phrase is, the devastating backlash that has been experienced in the past as people from communities of color have been successful at accumulating wealth. You mentioned Greenwood, Black Wall Street, and what happened uh, in that dark moment in our country's history. Are there similar obstacles to people in communities of color actually growing wealth and and building equity today and if so what are the primary ways that you would suggest that folks actually overcome or avoid those um
2: gosh there's so many you know, that's a heavy question for one, because there's a lot of obstacles, right? Um, You can look at politics and legislation, um, you know, top of mind, given where we are right now um, in the political um, environment. I typically lean right on economics and the lack of understanding economics in the community. Um, We can easily use our purchasing power to help one another grow a business and do, do the same thing that other communities do or other minority communities do. But we don't do that, right? Because we, we don't have a, a good understanding for one of economics to, you know, where it is our history? You know, where it is we're from? Because we were, you know, we're basically all scattered across the country um, and bought and sold here uh, historically. Um, but I usually, Dr. Vaughn, lean on the understanding of economics and the understanding of the system that we live in. And we put limits on our dreams, right? I believe the graveyard is one of the richest places in, in the history of the world. Because so many people go to the grave with a, with a dream and a vision, and they don't, um, they either don't have the understanding, they lack confidence, and um, then there's obviously, there's, there's obviously other obstacles in the in way. But typically, a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge, is usually um, uh, limits one's ability to grow. Um, so me and Ray played football at Ball State University. Um, we played defense. Um, before the game, we spent a lot of time in film and in study, right? Um, that, and, and, and the coaches put together a game plan for us. Um, if we studied correctly and we understood the game plan and we, our, and we understood our competition and we understood the game well, then when we go to play the game, typically – You know, we're not thinking too much and making mistakes. We are reacting with the game, and the flow of the game goes so much smoother. There's a reason why Ray Lewis, one of the most famous linebackers that played in the NFL, played for such a long time. He understood the game. So someone may run a a 4-2, and Ray's running a 4-4, I mean a a 5-4, right? Um, And he's weighing 300 pounds or something crazy. But he was able to get to the spots before the other person who ran a 4-2 because he understood the game. Right. And, and I think with us as a whole, there are segments in our country where folks obviously understand the game and they are thriving and doing very well. But macro, if you look at it, the macro piece, a lot of folks just don't understand the game. They don't understand economics. and They don't understand the lending and borrowing system um, you know, that we're living in.
1: And so as you were as you were speaking and you were uh, really um, zeroing in on knowledge, uh, I thought about Hosea 4.6. I, too, am a pastor, by the way, and so uh, every, every now and then when, when somebody uh, uh, inspires the word, I just have to go there. It, it is Sunday uh, a, a in our title, after all, uh, uh, and, and that word says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and so uh, I actually, in my sermon on this past Sunday, was saying that I don't understand football. And uh, so I, I don't know the game. Uh, and so if you if you don't know the game, can you give us some tips for how is it that we can get started uh, uh, with doing things better uh, when it comes to uh, how we manage or grow our football? our financial future.
2: Yeah, and and I think this may be a, a topic further down in this conversation. But for one, you have to be around people that you trust, for one. Um, but two, um, it's on my it's on my mind right now, so I'm I'm going to express it. Um, typically in minorities in the in the in our in our communities, um, we know we've had bad experiences in the past and we just don't trust another group of people to help guide us uh, forward and typically um, from my experience there are people willing and wanting to help but typically when they do um, you know there's a lot of um, chaos in those conversations so they typically don't help Um, and from both sides you know there's reason to do so but for one um, you have to be willing to risk something, right? So in, in Matthew, um, uh, I believe the twenty-fifth um, book, it, it talks about um, um, a leader leaving his home and you know, leaving the home to to three of, to three individuals to take care of the of the property, and he, and he left with them um, not gifts and talents, but he, but he but he left with them possessions, right? and then hopefully Dr. Bond you can help me out with this story yeah. with a few pieces, but um, with those who, who took a risk, right, and, and was able to bring a return um, to that master, he was or, he or she was rewarded and those who did, not they were punished. Now I'm not expressing that God's punishing us, but a lot of us um, in the black and brown community do not take risks because we either are afraid we're unwilling to reach out, unwilling to 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 receive rejection, because uh, rejection is tough to deal with, and, and uh, as a result, um, certain things that could happen do not happen, and um, um, I believe the way the system is set up, at least here in America, you have to take risks to, to, to achieve something, and, uh, and normally in our communities, we are unwilling to take that risk. Uh, that's
1: probably a, a heavy judgment, but that, that's what I commonly see, and I think that I think that you touched on um, perhaps what what really is one of the reasons that you mentioned uh, grandmothers uh, still hide the money in the mattress. Uh, there's a there's a, a knowledge piece and there's a risk piece, and so I, I would assume that you help folks actually have the knowledge to make informed risks and uh, the the uh, parable that you were referencing is over there in Matthew 25 uh, with the talent. So one guy uh, got five talents, one got two, one got one. uh, And the the guy with the one, he went and buried his uh, and he said, it's because I was afraid that I would lose your money. Um, and it didn't work out too well for him. Uh, and, and I think the same is true for us today when we uh, actually sit on our talents, be they financial or otherwise. Uh, so, so that was a, a really timely uh, pointer that you just gave us. Uh, I'm going to uh, prepare to segue uh, to my co host, Lango Dean. But before I do, uh, one more interesting question. All of us have had our worlds impacted over the course of the last 10 or so months by the global pandemic. We are experiencing something, as you know, that folks haven't experienced in a century. And it's kind of an interesting question uh, from the financial perspective. Have you seen any trends, whether positive or negative, in people's financial habits coming out of what we've been under over the course of most of this year yeah i mean the statistics have expressed
2: um that there's been more flow of money from a lower income segment of folks into the stock markets and 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 and, and speculating on investments right so they're opening an e-trade account and they're 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 penny trading or they're you know forex trading or they're you know buying options and and and, and trying to risk you know some some savings to, to, to hopefully make more. Um, the wealthier folks um, obviously they already had savings, so they're taking advantage of certain of certain companies, but there is there is a shift in our within our country from from an economic perspective to where more so so normally we we would have expected uh, GDP to stay uh, where it was around the end of March, about down 31% or so, um, we would have thought that would have been elongated. But um, folks, because of the stimulus in April um, and because of the access to credit, folks have shifted, you know, from, you know, from going to the, uh, the restaurants and spending money on, you know, steaks at the best restaurant steak or steakhouse or something to, you um, you know, spending more money on their house, developing their house. So you're seeing companies like a Lowe's, um, you know, or, you know, do very well in in this market environment. Obviously, my wife and I, we shop like crazy online. So you're seeing a lot of um, technology companies do extremely well, um, but also the technology behind those companies are doing extremely well. Um, So so you're just seeing a a shift of money from like the traditional brick and mortars. you're seeing you know, Macy's in, in normal uh, malls, you know, closed down, but you're seeing more activity online, you know, you know Amazon is, is putting forth this amazing platform. They, they, they launched it like three years ago, but they're given access to, to, um, to individuals uh, to run a route for Amazon. Um, so Amazon is trying to replace, you know, the UPS and, and, and the postal services of, of taking care of the orders um, you know, they're trying to give you that one day service. So there's there are shifts happening. Um, some folks, obviously, this virus has been a rich man's virus, unfortunately. Um, rich folks are able to stay home. They don't have to risk going to work or into the office or into Walmart and be around a lot of people. Um, and they take an advantage of um, you know, the stock market and other markets out there. Um, um but there's there's been a humongous shift. Um, if you own property. In real estate, um, you should be doing very well um, right now, and at least the value of your equity that we mentioned before. Um, but th- there's definitely a shift um, to more technology and um, on the political space where we're we're starting to entertain more like the universal basic income conversation because there's there's going to be there's going to be a massive shift. A lot of folks don't want to relearn something, right? So. Um, um, you know, it's going to be a new world coming out of this. It's not going to be normal. You know, I mean, the unemployment rates may be where they are currently uh, for quite some time. Uh,
1: we shall see. Got it. That's a, a very good place for us to segue and talk about career and pipeline. I do have a, a, a few other questions that we may get a chance to loop back to, but I'm going to hand things over to Lango Dean at this time. How are you, Lango?
3: I'm much better, Dr. Vaughn.
1: Um, had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hope you did too. Yeah, we did. And I'm glad that you are doing so much better.
0: You're listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughn, Lengo Dean, and our special guest, Wealth Advisor David Jones. This week's episode is brought to you by the Bay of STEM Conference. Now, a word from our sponsor.
4: When you come to Baya, you get to see that there's so many doing great things. It is building the next generation. The next generation that's going to take our place, the next generation that's going to take us to Mars, the next generation that's going to explore the deeps of the ocean. That's what Baya is all about. Building on what we're going to be, not just next year, but for the next 50 years, our charge as Future current of participants is to ensure that we have future band participants. Diversity of thought brings diversity of new products, brings new diversity of new ideas, diversity uh, that's gonna allow us to do the next generation things. I want them to mentor. I want them to take the chance and tell a young man or tell a young lady, this is how your resume should look if it's not looking great. Or your resume is looking great but let me pull you in closer and make sure that you don't fall off the trap. If your budget will allow you to bring 20, next year bring 30. If your budget says 30, next year bring 50. This is a one of a kind type of place. They will never get this experience. Just tonight, if our students were here, if your students was here from a university, They're rubbing shoulder with flag officers. They're rubbing shoulders with SEC or SES officers. They're rubbing shoulders with the top echelon within our military. Where do you get that opportunity? I'm impressed to do that. After a 37-year career, I'm impressed to see these individuals keep coming back. We're now 30 plus years doing bail. We want to ensure that we want to do that 30 plus years and more. Make sure you spread the word. Let someone else know about exactly what you saw this weekend. Because what you saw, you'll see nowhere else.
0: Again, this week's episode is brought to you by the BAYA STEM Conference. Now, back to the show.
3: Wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Vaughn. Well, welcome, Mr. Jones. It's a pleasure to have you here. Um, You know, a couple of years ago, we had um, Deborah Owens. I know you know who she is. Um, And um, we did an article on her for, I think it was Women of Color magazine. So um, I think this is great. It's quite a scoop that we have the the male version (laughs) of Deborah Owens (laughs) with us today. Um, But I'm gonna take you back now. As as Dr. Vaughn said earlier, this is the Korean pipeline section. So what I wanna do is imagine yourself as a high school student today and you're about to enter Ball State University and you're about to join um, the College of Business and you have um, majors like accounting, business administration, business analytics, uh, computer information systems, economics, finance. um, What else? Mathematical economics. Which direction would you go? If you want to start off as a financial advisor and then move your way up to where you are now as a wealth advisor.
2: So believe it or not, um my business, um, Ms. Lango, is mostly human. Um, meaning I'm I'm getting to know people and I am convincing them that I can be of value to them. And it's that's really a trust thing, it's understanding behaviors more than anything. Um, In regards to if I'm entering into the College of Business at Ball State and I want to be in this financial world, um, I would be looking more at data. So right now you have a lot of companies, um, you know, uh, gathering a lot of data on everyone out there, everything you do. Um, If I am a young um, adult and I'm trying to understand how to navigate this future world, you know, I'm going to look at how how can I best interpret all this data that is, that is, being, that is being gathered um, and be able to put together um, analysts um, of that data and portray that to any company out there. Um, meaning, I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, um, you know, I have access to a database of information from all the, the folks who live here in Fort Wayne. Um, and they all shop at Target this time of the year, et cetera, et cetera. If I can understand data and portray that to a company, I will fare very well in the future um, economy because there's because everything's gathering data and we're, and we're trying to understand how to best use um, that data. If you want to get in the field of financial planning and wealth management, um, obviously you should understand um, stocks and bonds and equities. Um, I should definitely understand... Um, economics um, and understanding macroeconomics and microeconomics Um, but what i do is really a a human thing understanding humans behaviors from humans and trying to connect with people Um, if i'm a young person coming into this field of finance and i don't want to be a cpa right where i'm where i can read a company's balance sheets and, and cash flow statements and help them save money you know um you know based off the current tax laws then you should really, really, really dig deep in understanding um, data and, and financial modeling for sure.
3: Okay. So from what I, I'm hearing, it's like a business analytics major would be a good way to go. Oh yeah. Um, right. Okay. Um, because you you emphasize data a lot, and and I'm thinking that okay, so getting to know databases, not just uh, You know, Excel, just put in a lot of information in there and not understand, but really understanding, um, sort of trying to make sense of that information and Mm -hmm. and how that can create profit for uh, your company or for somebody else's. That would be the way to go. Is that what you're saying?
2: A hundred percent. I mean, similar to what uh, Obama did, you know, uh, when, when he won his second term. And what the Trump administration did when they when they squeezed out his first you know his first um, his first presidency, um, they really understood data and they really target marketed folks right, and it worked out to their benefit. That's not going to go away. So in finance, that same thing is happening. So if you want to be on um, the main street side, so for me, I'm talking to you know regular regular day folks. Um, that's the main street. Um, but but if you want to you know uh, do a, a different career path, uh, data analytics, data analytics is very very uh, important in understanding how people are spending and consuming, um, um, buying buying and consuming things in the future.
3: Okay, um, I I turn now to to a, a really a critical question, and, and that is the importance of representation in this field. And I'm gonna quote um, someone I'm sure you know, James Brewer. He's the former vice president of the Association of African American Financial Advisors. And uh, he said that diversity brings different ideas and mindsets. He also said that he he came to it because he loved, like you said, loved understanding money. Um, and he also said that minority financial uh, advisors bring an empathy to the industry but the, the, the problem is when investment use which I'm sure you know about ranked the best places to work for financial advisors of the 50 firms that they showed not one of them featured a single black face so, if you have only 1,200 Blacks as certified financial planners or advisors, what do you recommend? What, what are you telling young people to do? What should young people do?
2: That's a very um, interesting question. It's a question that folks are trying to solve. Um, and. I'm gonna go back to where I mentioned um, before, it's about education and entrepreneurship. It's very normally, normally, so even in my book of business, n- only maybe 5% of the, of the folks I'm a steward of are, are African American or black. 95% of the folks that have given me trust to manage their wealth um, are, are white or of a different race, right? And, and normally, you work with people um, you know, who look like you. Right, so within the black community, the reason why a lot of blacks aren't familiar with what we do, they may think of an insurance agent or something, um, is because normally in the black community, you don't have a large group of people talking um, about their stock portfolio or their investment portfolio. Right, they'll maybe discuss their real estate portfolio, which is what we're more we understand that more because we can see it. Right, it's very difficult for us to connect from a community perspective. Uh, an investment that we can't see or touch and we have less control over. Um, So that's a, that's a tough conversation um, or at least tough answer to actually answer because um, there's not much black wealth out there. So to see the, to, to see the representation of blacks um, is very difficult because a lot of folks aren't from it. Right. I kind of stumbled into this career. Right. Um, if, I didn't sell, if, if Kenny didn't, if my former teammate didn't expose me to this industry, I may have you know, been selling selling homes, real estate, right? And I might not even had um, um, a brokerage account. So an objective um, for me is, and just like James, we have to be ultra successful, but we also have to reach back and create a pathway for folks who look like us to enter into this career. and. Um, to thrive in it, because it's very difficult to get started um, in this career um, without any any help. And the only way to, the only way for you to get help is if you have folks who have a lot of money and um, savings. And normally in our community, you may have one or two folks in the church, you know, who have a lot of money, a couple hundred thousand or something. Um, but typically, that's not going to keep you afloat um, for a life in this business. Um, so part of part of that answer. Is is we have to play the long game, and create economics and build build equity, build wealth in our community. And as we're building wealth, we will expose more folks in that community to what it means to manage wealth, what what tools are out there to manage wealth. And as we get more aware of those tools, then they'll say, okay, we can manage those tools for you. And which is exactly what I do. Does that answer that question, or is it kind of a loaded answer?
3: No, no, it does. So. Y- y- you, basically, you're saying that we, we're supposed to be doing two things at the same time. So so how can a young person interested in finance and economics prepare for career in finance? That's one. And and whilst they're going making those preparations, what three tips would you give to those young people to help them develop the good money habits early, yeah, that you've talked about, as they step into adulthood? So the, the three tips
2: I, I would express to, to young folks is for one, um, start saving as early um, as, as, as possible and read as many financial books um, as you can. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there. You Just type in wealth management or, you know, or, or YouTube, um, you know, stock portfolios and just start, I mean, there's in, in 2020, there, there's really no reason you can't find an answer to a question you have. Right. And the young kids today have so have an enormous amount of access to that. It just it just really trying to understand what questions to ask these tools we have out there. Right. Um, so for one, start saving as early um, as you can. Um, and if you're exposing yourself to the stock market, you know, pick one company that you shop at often or your mom shops at often like uh, Walmart or Kroger. Um, right and buy a share of that company. Now you own part of that company. And now when you own part of that company, now you will be exposed to their board of directors um, and um, what they're trying to achieve. You have access to their cash flow statements, their balance sheets, their income statements, and you will start to understand how this company is is making money. And then you can go forward um, from there.
3: And my last question before I turn it back to Dr. Vaughn is um, what do you like most about your career? You've talked about financial intelligence, you've talked about stocks and bonds, you talked about wealth building and, and the importance of it, you've talked about data, the importance of data and analytics at this time, you talked about so many things. So what do you like best about your career? And financial intelligence why is it such an important area of focus so um,
2: I'll answer the first piece first and then I'll kind of end on financial intelligence um, hopefully I remember and bring it back if I don't um, but either you or Dr. Vaughn mentioned before you know, uh, you, know you did why, why James mentioned we do well in this career is because normally we do show more empathy and for me I can't tell you the countless stories. Um, I'll give you one. So, a really good friend of mine, who, who's become a good friend of mine, we met over three years ago. Um, and I'm on, This might tie to you too, Dr. Von. Uh, this, this is a very biblical story. Um, you know, three years ago, the, this business owner in town, he's doing extremely well with his businesses. Um, we meet and we have a good conversation, and it really—it's all about our faith and connecting with God. And that's how we connected, more like brothers in Christ. Um, and then it, it, it got to, okay, what do you do for a living? How can we help each other? And, um, you know, he opened up his financial picture for me to understand how I can help him. And yeah, on paper, he was worth a couple million dollars on paper, but most of that was in assets. And in those assets, the banks, um, you, know, you know, had loans, right? So he still owed the bank a lot of money. Um, and the story of joseph and joseph's vision really came to mind when i was talking to this specific person um and the story was look you're going to have you know a few years of prosperity followed by a few years of famine and if you don't save during those years of prosperity those years of famine will really destroy you right um the king had a vision joseph interpreted that vision um for the king the king uh, took he to Joseph, put him in control over um, over the grain and everything, and stored up a lot. And the years of prosperity came and went and, and, and famine came. And when famine came, obviously, you know, Joseph and the kingdom um, did extremely well. That same story is what I presented to um, this, this, this at this time, was a prospect who's now a client. and A friend of mine, um, three years ago, I says, look, I can take your money and invest your money and I can grow in the stock market, um, and maybe this is another conversation for another day. But you know, the stock market is going to have its ebbs and flows. I believe, from an economic, from an economic perspective, we are at you know the peak of the overall market cycle, uh, meaning we're closer to a contraction than we are you know, years of prosperity. You should be storing up wealth and saving your money um, because there's going to be something. You know, every typically every ten years, something bad happens. Um, and you you don't have any savings to weather a storm, right? So three years ago, I could have got a cell, could have made some money, uh, could have had a client three years ago, um, but I gave him this message. He took that message. I didn't open an account. I didn't make any money from him. Fast forward three years, COVID-19 happens. Who would have predicted it would have been COVID that 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 happened, right? Well, he owns restaurants, Right. Restaurants and hospitalities, that's the area that got hit the worst, right? Um, A lot of companies shut, shut their doors, had to shut their doors, right? He didn't because he saved and he saved like crazy, right? And not only is his door still open to one of the best restaurants here in town, but he was able to grow his wealth during this pandemic, right? So he was able to invest based off those savings, okay? Um, so you ask me why am I doing this? It's it, to me, it's more spiritual because um I feel connected to helping uh, guide folks and, and giving folks honest um opinions. And I have you know my masters to 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 help guide me in understanding, you know, you know, markets and you know, understanding cash flow statements and you know where to position your money along them. So all that stuff is fun, and that's my job to understand. But uh, just like Dr. Baum is a pastor, his job is to fully understand the Bible in the context of which um, he believes God is portraying to him. But he's not going to preach the Bible down, you know, the folks' throats. No, he has to convey to them so that they are able to receive the Word of God and live a life. Um, So that's how I kind of see my dad was a pastor. Typically, someone's life based off of three stools: faith, finance, and health. If one of those stools is not sturdy you know your life is out of balance um, I can't envision standing on a pulpit I'll leave that to dr. Vaughn and, and my late father um, I love working out but I, I get really bored training folks um, but when it comes to wealth um, I, it really it really drives me um, uh, to give folks uh, good advice and, and let folks know there's people out there that do really care about you um, and, and the, you said financial intelligence is that right Lingo?
3: Yes, Mr. Jones. Yes.
2: What was the question around financial intelligence?
3: The well, question about financial intelligence is why it's such an important area of focus. But I think you've kind of touched on that with with faith, with family, with finance, and health, and that you can save you can save your way to wealth. Um, you know, based on the example you gave us about your friend, who you know the, the hospitality industry restaurants took a major hit during the pandemic, but because he was wise to save for years before, you know, this major disruption, he was able to bail himself out. He 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 didn't need to go to a bank. He was able to bail him himself out and, and keep his business afloat. So,
2: yeah, he didn't have to bail himself out, Lingo. He was able to thrive during this market, kept his employees on payroll. Right. Major so, difference, right?
3: Major so, difference. Major sort of difference, right? Um, is
2: is mm-hmm. what was reference? Um, life is, you know, as, as young adults, and I know this is aimed at some young folks, we want to speed up the process, um, of success. And, and, and typically if you're not from wealth and you don't have wealth, you have to take the time to build it. You have to, um, you can cheat your way through it and some people get lucky. And by cheating, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, doing illegal things that are legal now. Um, and you may be, you may get lucky doing so, but, but normally the right way of doing it. Is hard work and, and creating a, pan, a plan and executing that plan um, as best as you can. And it, it takes time. The story I just gave you was a three year story, right? It just takes time. Um, and we and young folks truly have to understand when you're building wealth and you're trying, the, the house I grew up in sold a few years ago for $700, right? I'm the first of my family to graduate college. Um, that takes time, right? It doesn't happen overnight. And, and the, young, the younger generation, I'm the same way. I want to, to shorten learning, the learning curve as much as, as quick as possible. But we have to understand, when you are creating wealth, it takes time. But along the way, you have to create the right habits, because you may be making $2,000 a month now, but if you're spending $2,100 a month now, it doesn't matter if you're making 10, dollars 30, dollars 40000 a month. If your habits are the same, your income may go up. You may have a bigger house and bigger car, travel the world or whatever, um, but you won't have any wealth. You won't have anything to pass on to your kids and your community.
3: That's wonderful. Thank you so much. When you're creating wealth, it takes time, but along the way, create some good habits. Thank yeah. you so much, Mr. Jones. Yep. Turning it back now to Dr.
1: Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn, thanks a lot, Lango. I have just been enjoying this exchange, and I love the headline uh, that you just captured, Lango. That it takes time, uh, but. It's worth it. Uh, I've got a ton of questions on my mind, Mr. Jones, but we don't have a ton of time. So I'm just going to ask one uh, and then uh, see if I can uh, get you to do something that most folks are a little nervous about. And that is just plugging yourself. We want to know how people can get in touch with you if you would like for them to be able to. Uh, So the question is, uh, as uh, you and Langle were speaking about young people uh, and finance and possibly uh, getting involved in this particular enterprise, uh, it is certainly the case that kids these days are extremely tech savvy. Uh, and so could you share your thoughts on uh, the apps that are coming more and more into popularity, especially with younger people, Stash, Acorn, Robin Hood, uh, those kinds of things as tools for investment uh, and for even learning the market. You got any thoughts about that? Um,
2: in regards to the apps, um, I would advocate taking fully full advantage of of, of those um, type of platforms because those platforms are are are, are teaching you habits um, that that is normally hard to teach, right? So normally, if a client comes to me and there's no savings, we just start a savings plan, right? Uh, it's very boring. What I do is I bore people to wealth. Um, it's very boring, but over over years of time they build a the habit of saving a percentage of their income per month, right? So they're, so they're getting used to living off of a certain budget, you right? Um, so those apps that allow you to, you know, Acorn, I don't like giving plugs to certain apps, but like Acorn or whatever those, those other apps, um, those apps are really just uh, giving you or helping you develop a habit. And habits over, over the long-term just become part of your life and in, in, in regards to saving and, and accumulating wealth, um, you want to create those kind of habits. So I'm always gonna advocate the younger folks to do so. Um, if you don't feel comfortable um, opening up an app, um, definitely open up by the like E-Trade account, Scott trade account, call someone like me, like myself, call me um, and you know, hopefully that person or, or I can really connect with you and help put you on a savings plan. Because the first part of it is, is the saving. And the reason why I say that is because you can be saving for a whole year, you know, $100 a month, and now you have $1,200 saving in the stock market, and then COVID happens, and 30% of your savings is is down on on, on paper, right? So you look at your statement, you put, let's use easy math, you put $1,000 in the stock market, now the value of your statement is saying $700, right? And let's say you also lost your job during that time frame, and you want to use some of that money to get you through a month on a bill or something. Now you're selling an asset at a discount, right? But if you had a savings account, then you would be able to weather the storm from a, from a personal perspective, personal living perspective, you gotta still pay your bills. Um, but also you should have a little bit of excess left over to buy what was once valued at $100 at $70. So now you're taking advantage of that system, of that cycle. That make sense? Absolutely, yes. So the first thing you gotta do is save. It's the most boring way to start. But if you save, now you're building. If you don't, if you have never saved before, you have to build that habit of saving. Um, and then go forward from there. There's there's, there's plenty of books. Um, the, the book folks, especially young kids should read is a is Millionaire Next Door. It's the most boring book in the world. But I can't tell you how many millionaires I've helped that pull up in a, a Ford 250. It's it's amazing. Um, and typically, if I have a new client, they pull up and you know very expensive Mercedes Benz or something. I'm like, yeah, they probably don't have that much extra cash to actually invest. Because everything's going into how they look and, and be perceived. And um, a lot of kids out there are trying to um, be perceived positively by a lot of poor people which is backwards to me. <laughs> it's extremely backwards. Um, so we have to change our, our mindset on creating wealth um, be diligent, create habits I understand it's going to take time um, and in time good things do happen. Um, the, if you speed at that time you're, you you're exposing yourself to more risk than, than you may be willing to accept um, And there's a lot of data behind that but I'm not going to bore you with more data.
1: Thank you so much, Mr. Jones. Really quickly, you mentioned people who might want to uh, have the opportunity to connect with an expert. So can you tell us, is there a website that uh, you might be able to share with us or if people want to follow you, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, uh, give yourself a plug?
2: Yep. So uh, my email is uh, David and my name is spelled uniquely. I'm a unique person. It's D-A-V-Y-D Jones at Jones, uh, com. Um You know, I'm on LinkedIn. At you, know, you can find me, David Jones. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and those are usually the best forms of, of communication um, for me. My office phone is
1: 260-436-2656. Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, everybody. We have enjoyed this conversation with Mr. David Jones, financial expert and so much more here on High Tech Sunday, and hope that you will avail yourself of the knowledge that he laid on us. Uh, We've been talking a lot about being woke these days. You have helped us get a little more woke uh, in the terms of wealth and equity, and we certainly appreciate that. Gonna hand it back over to Brandon Newby at this time, who's going to lead us out. Thanks again.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communication Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students. And this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page. In addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.